Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second show of Lessons in Life and Love. I'm so happy to be here with you tonight and every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm your host, Life and Love Coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you live on BoldBraveMedia.com and tune in, the world's largest radio station. I'm so happy to be here live, and I'll be answering your questions free of charge, gang. So just call me at 866-451-1451, and you'll get my super nice engineer, Abraham. Just give him your name and question. Take as many as I can during this call. So please don't be shy. It's okay to change your name and say, City, but I do want to answer your questions and concerns about our topic or anything else that's going on that's concerning you in life and love, because I'm on a mad mission to change the way the world loves. I'll be talking to you all about how to have emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious love, and how to avoid toxic, painful, traumatic relationships, which seem to be too prevalent today. I'm all about helping you transform your life into one that you're passionate about and to have the love you deserve. So let's dive in, my love angels and transformers. Tonight's show, we're going to identify the signs of trauma in relationship. Is chemistry a good thing or a bad thing? Why and why not? So what does it mean to be driven to succeed? And what are the childhood trauma effects on the family and on kids? Because this topic affects every adult, whether a woman, man, younger, older, straight, or LGBT. So this information is for everyone. And once you learn it, I hope you help others and help spread and join the mission of changing the way the world loves. Let's do a very brief overview from last week in case you weren't able to make the very first show. What is childhood trauma? Why do I care about it? It was something I discovered in a relationship of mine. The gentleman that I love very deeply and dearly had something going on within him that I never heard about in my triple master's program of applied clinical and counseling psychology. So I was on a mad mission to figure out what it was. Basically, I discovered from early ACOA work, adult child of an alcoholic, that he had had some situations in his childhood and when I dug deeper after two years of research it really became evident and very clear that the experiences or what's called adverse childhood events that happens to you when very young does impact you and 90% of us humans in life and love as an adult. Let's go into a brief review of the 10 traumas and I want to tell you about the ebook I have it's called have the love you deserve.com it'll go deeper into this because this is going to be a brief summary and when you're very young and innocent, there are 10 traumas that I identify on the trauma checklist. Did you experience any of these while you were very young and innocent? First, your parent had an addiction of some type, drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, eating, hoarding, spending, gaming, gambling, TV watching. There's many more, but that's just a few. Second, did you experience any emotional abuse or neglect? 
third, verbal abuse. Whether you witnessed that or you received it, whether it was verbal put down, yelling or screaming, or even not even hearing compliments or verbal accolades or the words, I love you. That's a form of trauma. Next one, if you experienced rape, molestation in or outside of the home or any physical abuse. Next one is abandonment. There's two types, fault and no-fault abandonment. A fault abandonment would be, let's say, a father leaves the family home after divorce, promises to see you, and then does not show up, breaks his promises. Or if you do go over, he kind of ignores you and has this full focus on the new girlfriend. Or a no-fault abandonment would be like if a parent goes off and serves in war. You might have experienced a parent that died early or they travel a lot due to their work. Trauma number six, if you were adopted part of foster care, had to live with other adults. Parents can take care of you. Trauma seven, very common. If you were teased, bullied, had a medical condition, remember not fitting in or feeling good enough. Number eight, sibling trauma. That would be if something, there's a medical condition with your sibling or they were perceived to be as the golden child. They get all the accolades and attention from mom or dad because you perceive them to be more intelligent, more beautiful, more successful or athletic than you. Next one is family and community trauma. Family trauma would be if you grew up in poverty, in a dangerous area, lack and struggle was a part of your life, but a family member or your father, mom was incarcerated, those types of things. Community trauma is our mass shootings, terroristic threats, school shootings, or nature and all its trauma going on, which is so rampant all over our world. Like right now, our fires, our mudslides, volcanoes, hurricanes that wipe out entire islands. That's community trauma. And the last one is if your parents experienced any kind of mental health challenge, like being bipolar, or borderline disorder, which I would describe as fast trigger anger. You never know what you're going to get. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. That very quickly are the 10 childhood traumas. Now, uh, also information that I share with you is from my two books that are sold in Barnes and Noble store. One is Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve and Live Beyond Your Dreams from Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success. And I do give free chapter downloads on those at my website, rihannamilne.com. And if any time you want to reach out and talk to me personally throughout the show or after the show, just contact me through the website, rihannamilne.com, because I want to make sure I do help you with your questions. Of course, we are taking your questions live tonight. Just call 866-451-1451 and Abraham will get your call and put you in at the earliest convenience. So I want to go in a little bit deeper into the signs of trauma in your relationship because the break free of any childhood trauma and emotional triggers, they seem to control you and they ruin your life and your relationships are deep. They're from the unconscious. They become part of your quote unquote normal. And those that have had childhood trauma as young people... As adults, they tend to have ongoing anxiety and bouts of depression and a very fear-based mindset. They easily are frustrated in life and they have a low sense of trust. These are all dynamics because of what you did or did not receive from your mom and dad when you were young. And as adults, it comes out in your dating and love relationships. The first step we have to do is we have to make the unconscious 
conscious. Because my quote, everybody knows it, is you can't change what you don't understand. And unfortunately, as young people, we were not taught the dynamics of relationships. What does emotionally healthy relationships look like? What do we need to do? What do we need to do to date? And that's what I do for all my clients. It's a proper understanding of how this plays out in your life. We have to identify the traumas. That's under a program module one of Awake to Awareness. We just have to make you aware of what's really going on, why you do what you do, and how it plays out in your relationships. We also go into the fact how trauma is stored in the brain and the body. And if you are in a coupled relationship, it's very important that I work with each one of you individually to examine both of your childhood histories. And then we start putting the puzzle pieces together because there's so many traumas and so many different levels of how intense the traumas are. And I rate them one to 10. They play out differently for every couple. Nobody is the same. That's why I say everybody is their own separate puzzle pieces. Here's some insight to ask if this is happening in your love relationships or in your dating relationships right now. There's just naming like six and there's about 25 different ways this stuff can play out. But these are some common ones. So if you're in a relationship where one partner is trying to control the other, this often plays out where you had no control as a child. You might have watched your parents fight and carry on and you just felt there was nothing you could do. So you either went to your room and got quiet. This is what we would call someone that learned passive response or became an internalizer, or they would be an externalizer and start lashing out later in life, usually as a teenager. When I worked in the adolescent unit of Atlantic Care up in Atlantic City, New Jersey area with the kids that were age five all the way to 19, I got a lot of the critical kids. They were either suicidal or they were cutting. And cutting is an internalizing anger. They don't tell anyone about it. It's very secretive. And it's something to be taken very seriously. An externalizer is someone that might be engaging risky sex. They may be using a lot of drugs, alcohol, screaming at their parents, being irresponsible, breaking curfew, getting into trouble with the law. That's an externalizer. Both are equally angry. And then as an adult, they could lack control in their adult life, but then they try to control you. This is where control is coming from. Number two is jealousy. This comes from trauma number seven. You might've been bullied, never felt like you fit in. You weren't good enough. You might've been a little heavy as a child or skinny and gawky and just felt different. And this is where jealousy, you just don't feel good enough. So you're worried your partner's looking at someone else and desires them more and so on. Because people are like, why does my partner act this way? Well, there are definite answers. And I'm going to keep going into that. Some of the behaviors that you could be doing to sabotage your love relationships. Number three, are you a people pleaser? And this is, let's use the example of a little girl that might have been verbally abused by an alcoholic mother, for example. And she does everything to try to keep the peace, to keep her mom not from yelling at her or her siblings. So she'll overdo. She might cook and, and clean and set the table anything like that to just please the mother to keep her from yelling and screaming. People pleasing, then as an adult woman, it comes out where they overdo for their spouse and their children. And they would come to me and say, you know, I never feel appreciated. I never feel loved. Nobody loves me as, as much as I love them. So that's where people pleasing plays out. 
Number four, lying for no reason. Do you ever know anyone like that? They lie constantly. You're like, why do you have to lie about that? This is somebody that was physically or verbally abused quite a lot as a child. And if they were severely physically abused, they tend to be more of the con artists and sociopath. But they learn to lie and they become brilliant at it. And they learn they have a 50% shot, a chance not to get punished if they did something wrong, if they could lie very well. So it just became part of their normal and their nature. This is something that's a very dangerous person to love. The next one is manipulation and seduction. Let's use an example, little boy. If he was told his opinions don't count, he's up to no good, he'll never amount to nothing, or just put down verbally, insulted, humiliated in front of other people or other men, they will learn to use manipulation and seduction primarily with women to be idolized or adored. This little boy would have gone into like a female teacher and charmed her, became the teacher's pet, and that was one way where he could have been liked and gotten love. And then they become very charming when they become older. So when you fall in love with someone who's very charming, you say, wow, he's doing all the right things. He's texting me a lot and calling me and he's so charming. And it could be a red flag. So you want to be really careful. Humor could be a red flag, especially when it comes to the point of sarcasm. Well, I remember doing a research paper on the comedians. Well, everyone I researched had traumatic childhood trauma. So they used humor to be liked, to be the class clown, to be popular in school, and maybe they were kind of the gawky kid. They found if they could be funny, at least they could have friends that way. They make everybody laugh. When people say to me, oh, I want someone with a great sense of humor, I just say, be careful. You know, <laughs> you want to make sure that it's humor, which is about a universal concept or situation, because sarcasm is a against others. And sooner or later, that sarcasm usually tends to come against their partner. So you want to be really careful. Next would be someone that blames a lot. If they're blaming you, they won't apologize when they blatantly did something wrong. Then this is someone who had childhood trauma where they just feel they need to be right. They lack remorse. That could borderline on the edge of sociopathy. And with five or more, they call them ACEs, adverse childhood events. Sociopathy tendencies could emerge. And from my research, Martha Stout's book on sociopaths, so one in 25 people are sociopathic. So you really want to know what you're looking for while dating. What are the emotional triggers? Well, when you're stressed out, this is when somebody like kind of just breaks into a crazy reaction or anger, and we call it traumas or triggers. This is a part of us that is angry, fearful, or anxious. And then we tend to explode when one is triggered. And what is happening is the sympathetic nervous system of the brain gets heated and on overload when you're stressed out or when a certain event happens to you that relates to the original pain from the original trauma when you were younger. This over time repetitively does ruin relationships. Trauma is stored in the brain and body. Over time, your biography becomes your biology. Research from the Kaiser Permanente Group out of San Diego in the Center of Disease Control shows that early diseases like late 40s into the 50s and 60s all come from people that have had childhood trauma. And they did this research with thousands and thousands of people. So I thought that was really fascinating. The research did not go into love relationships, however, but it does show a big correlation between heart disease, diabetes, irritable bowel syndrome, 
chronic fatigue and all kinds of other illnesses due to trauma not being solved and healed. It's really important that you learn to heal these traumas in the past. So let's go into what's chemistry, okay? Falling in love with someone by chemistry is moving forward in love blindly. You just fall in love because, wow, you think that person's hot, they're beautiful, they're funny. It tends to be shallow qualities. And you want to look deeper to see the qualities of someone who is honorable, trustworthy, a good parent. They work hard. They're stable financially. They're not high risk in the way they run their life because that could jeopardize you. Chemistry is very powerful and it's dangerous because it makes you crave what is quote unquote normal in your life, meaning it pulls you to your past. If you had a tough to love, demanding father who was negative, controlling and strict, you're going to be attracted to that same kind of guy. And it's hard to believe, but you know, this is why you see the dynamic a lot. Somebody who had the alcoholic father, a woman, and she would fall in love with a guy that was an alcoholic and consciously she would never choose that. She had all that pain wrapped around it, but she would have somebody that has some kind of an addictive behavior. That would be her normal to be drawn to someone like that. So you've got to be really careful because two people of childhood trauma definitely causes toxic relationships. What comes out of toxic relationships? Well, really does lower your self-esteem and your confidence levels. I have people tell me all the time, Rihanna, I lost who I am. You know, I'm not the same vibrant, outgoing person. And that's a result of toxic patterns over time. Unhealthy expectations. There's a lot of trust issues, a lot of behavior changes, risk-taking, and it affects all areas of your life, whether it's family, friends, dating, parental relationships. And there's this quote that I really like. It says, let go of people who dull your shine, poison your spirit, and bring you drama. Cancel your subscription to their issues. That's a quote I read a while ago that I thought, yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so falling in love just due to chemistry, like we grew up in America learning from our fairy tales and nursery stories like Sleeping Beauty. The handsome prince comes and kisses her and they live happily ever after. Well, there's a lot more going on than just the handsome guy and a good kiss. That's what I teach. I teach everything else in between um, how to make sure you're falling in love with someone who's emotionally healthy, conscious, and evolved. And evolved means being your highest and best self. You really want to make sure that you are finding someone that is emotionally healthy before you make an emotional connection you know, an intimacy connection. What happens to that romantic relationship or marriage that's based on chemistry? Let's talk about chemistry. What is it first? It's a rush of adrenaline, serotonin, and dopamine, which are your happy chemicals in your brain, which makes us think we'll be in love with our partner forever. And that's from evolution because it's long enough to have the man fall in love with the woman, procreate, have children, and continue our race, the human race. So this is what chemistry is. And then romanticism causes the rush of oxytocin and vasopressin, which leads to more irrational actions. Like you're in cloud nine. It's when you're falling in love, it's all you can think about that person. You wake up thinking about them, going to bed thinking about them. You see their call. The, you want the text when it comes in. You're all excited. So this is all, quote, chemistry. In these phases, both of those phases last about two years for the woman to get pregnant 
raise a child and have that somewhat sustainable relationship between mother and child, which is sad. But this is why you need a whole lot more than just the chemistry. Let's talk about business people. We're going to interweave that tonight. Now, business people take risks to succeed, right? Well, this is the same for them in love. They make a purely irrational emotional decision based on lust due to chemistry and hormones. And they're used to that quick move. Yes, you know, this is what I want. Boom. And they're used to moving quick in business and making that happen for them. But you know, risky behaviors are dangerous for relationships. That's why you have to learn what to look for that's emotionally healthy. Other problems with chemistry, you know, hormones and chemistry make one fall in love quickly and unconsciously because they pull to your past, which is your normal. And emotional triggers and life stress, they get in the way of romantic love. You know, life isn't easy. Many business people who are adrenaline junkies and workaholics, when the rush of romance is gone, they often move on to the next high because they get bored easily. Workaholism is a result of childhood trauma. Also, it is someone that probably was not giving accolades as a child, told great job, or they might have grown up from lack, poverty. I want to make sure financially they're going to be okay. So they're always looking to make sure that there's enough. They watch their mom if they came from a single family home. Their mom work really hard and be worried about money coming in the door. There is a trauma tied to workaholism as well. Or if there was the difficult household, they might have found love and acceptance at school. They love the compliments from their teachers. They felt important there. They felt validated at school. Another reason was if they were told they'd amount to no good and they said, I'll show you and would really do great and get great grades. And the other reason is to get out of the house. If I get great grades, I'll go into college and then I don't have to deal with this anymore. So these are some of the things that are happening. And many successful people are 100% focused on success and forget all about their relationships and social competencies. This is where success and chemistry and love all fall in together. I am here to answer your questions tonight on anything I've covered so far or any other questions and concerns you have. Any of my students that were on my live masterclass today, I really enjoyed having you. You had great questions today and thank you for asking them. Okay, so let's go on. What needs to be done here? How can we fix these emotional triggers? Well, by eliminating the emotional triggers from the past childhood dating or relationship trauma and improving your social and dating skills, your odds dramatically increase in meeting someone who's emotionally healthy, conscious, and evolved. And then your chances of keeping this relationship is so much better because you know what to do when an issue arrives. And let's face it, you know, we're two different humans. There's going to be issues, but there's never a reason to fight. You learn the communication styles and language to discuss an issue in a win-win in a team format way. Love relationships are not what we learned in fairy tales and the romantic movies. You need to know a whole lot more than what it feels like to fall in love to make a relationship work. The research shows that dating patterns were the same in all the couples that had childhood trauma. The first four to six months were really incredible. Like there's a lot of passion and romance. It's fun. It's loving. But then from six to nine months forward or right after an engagement or a marriage, things drastically change. And here's some of the things like the fast reactive anger or dramatic responses can start happening, emotional numbing or splitting of the personality. And I described that last week. That's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll is that really wonderful person.
person that everybody loves, popular. And then Mr. Hyde is a hidden personality type that's very toxic and often just comes out at home with a partner around the kids. There's defensiveness and blaming of the partner. That's really hard to live with over time when nobody takes accountability for their mistakes. And we all make mistakes. It's not a big deal. Just apologize from the heart. But it's so funny. I mean, those with severe trauma have a really hard time saying they're sorry. I teach that too. It's really important. Making impulsive decisions that hurt the relationship and sometimes jealousy and control become really overwhelming. So I want to talk about this cycle of toxic abuse and pain. This is very common in my couples. It would begin with something that's frustrating in one of the partners and they jump into a fast trigger anger and then they do some dysfunctional behaviors so whether that's yelling and screaming and they tend to do that if that's what they grew up in hearing that was their normal or they shut down and they might punish you with silence they don't talk to you for an hour or a day that is what we call passive aggressive and over time if these keep repeating they really ruin the trust the safety the fun the friendship and definitely the passion and the intimacy of the relationship and the one partner that's getting the brunt of the abuse starts to feel hopeless about the future. They start questioning, can I even endure this anymore? Are we going to make it? And then you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You come home and you know your partner's there and it's like, I hope they're in a good mood today. What are they going to be like? So that lends to the ongoing anxiety and the stress. And then the fighting occurs again and there's a brief makeup period and that's what keeps the person hanging in there. They actually keep trying to get the beginning four to six months back in the relationship, the romance period, the seduction phase. That's what they keep wanting back. Oh, but he was so good in the beginning. You know, he really, really loved me. And that's what they keep aiming for. Other fight or flight emotional reactions that can come out is ongoing anxiety, aggression and rage, road rage, that fast trigger anger why get mad you know (laughs) there's a way to work beyond this poor focus forgetfulness mental fog irritability and moodiness self-soothing and medicating which often is the beginning formation of addiction drinking or taking drugs to just like calm down and feel better after a stressful day and then it becomes an addiction and then they often can be very self-centered or punishing with passive-aggressive everyone that's narcissistic it's to be the big buzzword today comes from childhood trauma. We can go into that in another show so people understand that. This is just a foundational show to give you some more ideas about this topic. How do we deal with the transformation? My clients, they go from pain to joy. We work with the mindset, which is very negative, fear-based, and with a lot of frustration, and turn it into confident and conscious mindset. There's a lot of doubts. We make it feel successful. The negative mindset turns to positivity. The anxiety and depression turns into peace and calm and then not feeling good enough we learn to create purpose and direction and new goals in your life so you really start to feel terrific thing I really want to stress some of this sounds like really distressing but I don't want you to worry because there's help for this if you're curious to read some of my client stories I think I have 70 testimonials on my website rihannamilne.com just go under testimonials you can get deeper information on this on my free ebook have the love you deserve.com just go to that URL download it and there's a way that you can contact me to discuss this concern any question is okay if you want to talk with me in private again and go to rihannamilne.com and just fill out the pop-up form and tell me a little bit about your story and what you could be struggling with.
you know, we all want love. It's the number one basic human need. And when you're in a relationship, you know, part of the healing process is looking at your past fights with a partner with forgiveness who can't keep bringing up the past. And this is where some of our business people get into trouble because business people are often ruthless and they're used to competing. They're very wise, but very often they don't forgive those that have scorned them in business. Your partner, this is your love partner. It's not a business. So you have to really learn to forgive them and communicate through and come up with a new plan for your relationship. Remember the past is gone. It doesn't define us as a partner. If someone's trying to hold the past against you or digs too deep in your past, you've changed. You've learned from your past. When it comes to childhood trauma, this is the unconscious we're working with. So we have to make all those unconscious behavior patterns conscious and work beyond them. Once you learn these skills, you will learn them and use them forever. You know them forever. So that is the good thing. If you have a failure in business that costs a lot of money and defines you and your ego, your sense of a person is either success or failure publicly. That's the difference with love. If you make a mistake with your partner, it doesn't define you as a lousy partner. You made a mistake. The important thing is you apologize from the heart. You become more mindful that you don't repeat that problem or the issue and you work together as a team to move forward. And for success in love, you don't fall for one's potential. In business, one's potential for success is everything, right? But in love, they either are or they have something or they don't. Like when I describe for my people that went marriage in a family, it's either you're pregnant or you're not. Either they want marriage and kids or they don't. It's not like hoping they do or falling well for the potential of maybe they'll be a good dad. No. And for people in the later generation, you have to be clear. Are you someone looking for an exclusive relationship? If they are, great. If you're not, be honest about that. Say, no, really, I'm just at a stage in my life. I'm just dating. Either I don't have time for the exclusive relationship right now, or that's not my desire. I recently broke up with somebody. I just want to date, meet some friends. Just be honest with where you are and that living in integrity, right? Your word should be in integrity. The rules in love don't match those for business. You don't compromise your values and morals in love. If you want that relationship to last, you've got to be in high integrity to your word. And unfortunately, very often the morals, the values, and the rules are often broken in in business. I mean, look at our political leaders, all the promises that are made and all them broken. It's really horrendous. And you can't control your partner and last in love. You've got to work together as a team. One should not be controlling the other. And in business, having control helps you be successful. You've got to be organized. You've got to go about your day. You've got to be prepared. This is where the rules don't match for love and business. And this is why I have a lot of clients very successful in business, but struggle in love. And very often they're controlling their partner too much because they're used to controlling their business day and they come home and nitpick and control their partner and the partner just either says, I can't do this anymore, I'm not happy, or they go off and find love with someone that's easier. And you respect your boundaries in love. To succeed and grow in business, you must stretch your boundaries and take chances. So the opposites apply for success in business versus love. When I work with high level success people, whether they're single and dating, or they're in a coupled relationship. We have to look at what they're used to in their business day. 
and let them understand that what's going on and working in business will not necessarily work in love. Let's talk about where does the drive to succeed come from? I mentioned a little bit, but sometimes attaining success is an obsession. So why is that? Very often it's tied to the need for attention and to get the ego stroked to feel successful, attractive, important, or desire. It all comes from childhood trauma. And these are some of the dynamics that could happen for the very successful person. Maybe they received no compliments as a child. Uh, They wanted perfectionism from their parents. They were maybe bullied at school, not feeling good enough. So they went above and beyond to become really good in their career. And maybe the sibling was the golden child and you had to work hard to get notice or praise from your parents. Or if you didn't even get it there, you got it from school. You became successful as a child to help the family. Look at Michael Jackson. He was the main breadwinner of that family as a child. He pulled that entire family band to help the family financially. You were driven to leave poverty behind. This is Oprah's story coming from a lot of childhood trauma. And she was driven to be successful to overcome that life that she grew up in. You succeeded in school to get the teacher's accolades, praise, and love, or you were doubted about your abilities and your intelligence, leading you to prove your doubters wrong. And that is the story of Einstein. He was told he was uh, quite ignorant and not intelligent, would be struggling his whole life. Amazing the messages that our teachers, coaches give us. If young people believe in these negative messages, it can stick with them their entire life. Or like Einstein, Oprah, and Michael Jackson, they prove everyone wrong. In the case of Michael Jackson, he was so driven as a young child, went through a lot of childhood trauma with abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. He had a very hard problem connecting and love. He couldn't trust love. He loved the innocence of a child because, and I don't mean in a bad way, I I totally think he was innocent of all those hepped up charges, but he loved the innocence of childhood because he didn't get to have it. He had all this responsibility as an adult early on, had a lot of pressure and the abuse, and he just liked the peace of that childhood existence. These are some of the ways that people successful struggled as children. So I hope you're starting to put the pieces together and it makes sense. We're going to go over the positive traits of those successful in business. So you're listening to BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio with Rihanna Milne and Lessons in Life and Love. So I'm hoping when you learn this information, you can help others understand what's going on in their love relationships because we want to change the way the world loves. Let's go into some positive traits of those that are very successful in business versus those with the typical nine to five jobs because those very successful in business like a lot of my clients, they struggle in love and they've had childhood trauma. But let's see what they have overcome. So they earn a lot of money, usually. They're hardworking, intelligent, ambitious, responsible at work, organized and in control. They support their family well. The spouse and children are well provided for. Things get done when under pressure, they can handle it, and they tend to have a great reputation in public or society. And they're altruistic, which means they give back once they, you know, make a good salary. Despite being wealthy, which equals success in a lot in our U.S. society, they do still tend to continuously fail to form reliable, fair, loving, and long-term relationships, stemming back to the childhood trauma. Some of the negative traits that could emerge for successful people. So it's like 
like a double-edged sword. My successful people, we teach them to be consciously aware and loving and open-hearted and not controlling with their partner. But let's go through this list. Some of the negative traits that could emerge in successful people, they're narcissistic, their job or their selves are their primary focus. They control their partner too much. They're difficult and demanding to their partner and their kids. They could feel very spoiled, entitled. They expect perfection in their mate. They can be impulsive or prone to various addictions, coming home to alcohol to soothe a tough day. They often have serial sexual affairs without remorse. They feel entitled to do this if they're, quote, working hard, unquote. They can be ruthless and emotionless to employees. They can spend little time with their partner yet demand sex. They, it's almost like, okay, I'm earning the money and keeping you in this lifestyle, so I want the sex I want, even though they're not connected. They quickly fall in love, and usually it's a lust and adoration. They crave romance for an escape from their work. They often have fast marriages to a sexy partner to help stroke the ego. And there could be fast deterioration and then divorce, and they control the process. So many successful people are rock stars in business, but in romantic relationships, they really suck big time. I have an example to run through, and this is um, Steve Jobs from Apple. And this is taken from his documentary. This is nothing I'm making up. And of course, he was extremely successful. You know, his success has brought incredible change to our world. He remembered most of his childhood not being wanted. And I didn't know that. And that's why I found the biography so fascinating. He was adopted twice. So the first parents gave him back. And he was a loner, he was shy, and he always craved security. He was a workaholic. His job was the most important thing. He was known as being difficult, emotionless, and demanding to his employees. He came off as spoiled and expect perfection at all times in work. He was a loner. He was described by people as weird or different. He had distant and absent relationship with his daughter for most of his life. He spent little time with his wife. He ended up divorced. He was very excited and got connected to things, machines, because they couldn't hurt him. And then he was often called with blurting out and blurting out is saying offensive or impulsive things that hurt other people or can be used against them down the road. Today, one of our top politicians has many of these same attributes. And yes, he comes from childhood trauma. The biographies are really interesting to see people with high success and what they might have endured as children. Another success story, and this is taken from The Secret History of Tiger Woods, Wright Thompson for abcnews.com through ESPN. And of course, he is known as our most successful golfer in history. And many of you may not know, he was a victim of severe racist bullying. He was tied to a tree, painted and stoned by rocks as a child, while a teacher watched from afar. He's described as often acting like an adult child. He likes skateboarding, comics, transformers. And he's described as having having few friends, and he actually has a boat called Solitude. He likes to be alone. He has a huge need for security because those with childhood trauma have low trust. They're often isolators. He's an insomniac, always had trouble sleeping. That's another common trait. He's quoted as saying, golf helped me keep my family together. And that was one reason he took to that profession. His dad was from military. He was stubborn and stern, but his dad is quoted as being his best and only friend. And when his dad died, that's when his world started falling apart right away. Tiger was described often as nerdy and socially awkward, but he bragged about his sexual contrast and admitted to having a sexual addiction. And as you know, when you act out with impulsivity from childhood trauma, what happens? You lose everything. You lose your your wife, your, your children, your reputation, your career, your income. So his unconscious emotions 
emotional triggers kept getting him into trouble and his world spiraled after his rock his dad was gone and there was always so much pressure in his life and it's ironic because he says you know he hated that his dad was a womanizer and his dad often cheated on his mom so he grew up witnessing that as normal even though he hated it it was his normal tiger had a lot of issues he was also acoa like michael jackson had a lot of childhood trauma as well i hope these examples are starting to paint the picture could be successful in business but struggle in love and these childhood traumas and triggers tend to get in the way of a wonderful relationship this dr jekyll and mr high personality often emerges in successful people just like you know tiger and the charming person or face of business is confident but they're often awkward shy or uncomfortable in personal love relationships and their lack of self-esteem and ongoing anxiety creates poor results in love so they find you know someone that has competent social skills oftenly as a partner and when there's stress at work the stress always triples at home overworking and escapism sets in and this is where drinking drugs sexual affairs anything that's risky ego evolved and pleasure seeking tends to get in the way and this really does affect the family of course the children are very affected it does go through the generations and there's so much more to tell you gang but we will continue this discussion next monday night at 6 p.m because love transformers that's all we have time for today i want to thank you for tuning in tonight and please send me your questions or go to rihannamilne.com and check in with me with any of your concerns if you know any of your friends who are struggling who are single or in coupled relationships those people you love and care about be a love angel and tell them to join us next week appreciate you sharing the love and helping me change the way the world loves please take a moment and leave a comment on boldbravemedia.com and any questions about what you want to learn in any upcoming episodes of Lessons in Life and Love with me, Coach Rihanna Milne, and I look forward to your comments and reach out to me at rihannamilne.com. Okay, Love Transformers, be sure to join me next week, Monday night at 6 p.m. on Bold Brave Media, Global Network, and TuneIn Radio. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to rihannamilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at rihannamilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.